Welcome to Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Today we are talking with Akila Murphy, Executive Director of Full Circle of Living and Dying, and board member Linda Moore. Welcome, Akila and Linda. Hi, Lori. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, to be here. Thanks for being here. And I want to ask both of you just, I know you're both very passionate about the subjects we're going to talk about tonight, but maybe start with Akila. What gives you so much passion around this topic? Well, I think um, I, I just, I, I've, I've had a curiosity, I think, um, in, in later years of my adult life, a, a curiosity about end of life and dying. And um, it led me to become a hospice volunteer back in um, 2009. I've been volunteering for Hospice of the Foothills. Linda and I both do. Um, and then from there, from that experience, I decided I needed to get more education and kept learning and um, just, yeah, just a lot of energy built up inside to create this organization. It was a collective back in 2013 when we started, um, uh, just with the focus on, you know, just educating people on their options in end of life and after death care opening the conversation about this subject of death and dying. Thanks, Akila. And you are the executive director of this new nonprofit, even though, as you said, it's been a collective since 2013. And, and Linda, you are now a board member for this wonderful organization. And, and what drew you to this work? Well, I had um, a, a career as a registered nurse. I worked in uh, neonatal intensive care and then when I moved to Grass Valley, um, I became a teacher, a classroom teacher. And um, always in the back of my mind, I thought I really want to deal with, I started with beginning of life and then I worked with kind of childhood and I really am drawn to end of life um, in terms of how we, to normalize the conversations and to be part of the process in, walking with people through the end of life, through their last days, their last years, and um, to do it with grace and understanding and love. And that's a great segue for one of the services uh, that your organization provides, which is that of a death doula. And you know, many people probably have never heard that term. And who wants to, to discuss that first? Akila, you've got a smile on your face. Does that mean that you're ready to go? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that on. You know, um, oftentimes people wonder, you know, what is an end of life doula? And so we focus on the word itself, doula, which many people know from the birthing aspect as uh, someone who is a companion and um, helpful with uh, the birthing process and supportive. And so on the other end at dying time, what an end of life doula does is we are also um, a non-medical support, uh, supporting the emotions, um, physical support, um, you know, planning, just, just taking care of the well-being of the person at end of life. And um, we do advanced care planning, you know, planning out what your end of life may look like and after death care. And um, I think I think doulas, you know, a person who becomes an end of life doula comes 
comes to this work, um, you know, after having some kind of experience in their life. So many of the doulas that I know that are on our team, on the Full Circle Living and Dying team, uh, have had either a really good dying experience and just really are feel passionate about helping others, or maybe it's been a really awful dying experience and they're, they've just had this curiosity and wanted to learn more about how we can help others, how we can avoid uh, difficult situations at end of life. Uh, and also, I think that um, once you have this curiosity, you just want to explore. So all of our end of life doulas have been through training courses and uh, hands-on training and have, have done the work. And uh, so we're really, like I said, we're non-medical, but we have, uh, we bring in the, our support and experience to really just guide the dying person and their loved ones, their caring community through the whole process of end of life and after death care. Linda, did you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of the things that we do are really determined by our, our clients and their needs, um, where they are in the process. Some people come in and they are just planning ahead and they may want to um, have some help with doing an advanced directive. Um, also, frequently somebody is coming with a serious uh, diagnosis. They may be under hospice care. They may not be under hospice care. And they want help getting, getting their stuff together, figuring out how do I do this and how do I do this, you know, with, with a presence, with dignity and a presence and with caring, rather than going um, some of the routes that may be more chaotic. And um, so we, we support the dying process. And as Akila said, it's not a medical way of supporting it, but we support it um, through understanding the process, through working together with hospice, although we are not um, connected with hospice. We have a really good relationship with them. Many of us um, in full circle of living and dying um, volunteer at hospice also. Um, sometimes um, Akila and I are both uh, do bereavement groups uh, through hospice and, and hospice offers those for people who have been, their families have been hospice clients, but they also offer those services to people who just from the community. So um, also we do a lot of community education events. We've had events on medical aid and dying and dementia. And um, so we, we looked for different ways for supporting people, educating people, and just helping them navigate through this really, really important part of living, which is dying. Well, one of the things, Linda, you said when we started, and I've read in your literature, uh, is the the phrase normalized conversations about death and that you're committed to having these conversations about death and and shifting the cultural tendency from being death phobic to embracing death as a meaningful life transition so what are some of those transitions uh, that people face I, I know certainly I can picture people who are have a 
terminal illness late in life, but I know that you, you've talked to people about a variety of different life transitions. Mm -hmm. um, Keila, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I would say normalizing the conversation is is because what we found is um, people have this discomfort around talking about dying, you know, death, you know, burial, cremation. There's really a discomfort, and many find it more uncomfortable to talk with their family members. Um, so we have. Um, done like death cafes, which is a gathering of people to actually just have a conversation um, about any, any topic of dying or death or they're sharing their experiences. And people find that they are fascinated by having these discussions because finally they're able to talk in a way and share in a way and listen to things that they haven't heard before and they learn from it. So um, that's part of our goal is to bring about conversation because we've also found that, you know, sometimes families will say things to a doula deep in their heart or how they really feel or what they're thinking about, or they'll ask a question that they would never ask their family member. They're, they're just not the comfortable talking to their son or daughter about it. So that's where we can come in and we can, you know, create this bridge. We want people to you know, work together. We're not trying to solely do this process of end of life care. We want to engage the family and empower the family to talk and find out and know what's going on so that there's not surprises so that we can, we can help speak from experience and lay out a scenario and just walk with them side by side through this. And, and through this, we feel like opening the conversation here with even just like one client or one family member once their once their next family member comes into the dying process, perhaps it'll be more open. Perhaps they'll be able to speak more freely and ask questions of their medical providers and and how to do their the planning for the after death care. Well, you're listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guests are Akila Murphy, Executive Director of Full Circle of Living and Dying, and Board Member Linda Moore. And so it exactly is your non-medical holistic support and guidance, uh, what, what are, what's all considered and what are, I know you spoke about this a little earlier, Linda, but some of the things, like there's a thing called five wishes. How, how do you help and support families and individuals with some of the, the care you might provide? So uh, five wishes is just one way to do advanced healthcare. Um, uh, to, to work out one of those um, advanced healthcare directives. And so we can guide people with them, though there are many choices. Some people want to plan things out very fully and other people just want some general ideas. And it's really good to have a conversation about them because I know as I've gone through doing my own healthcare directives, so many questions, so many interesting questions come up like, and it makes people think, hmm, what do I really want? You know, how do I really want um, the, my end of life to be? And what's important to me now? And what's important? What do I think will be important to me and my loved ones at that time? And um, as, as Akila said, I mean, we talk about death a lot. I mean, any of our friends and family will know that we talk about death 
frequently because first of all, it's universal. We all know that we're going to have to be there um, with our loved ones and with ourselves. And so I think people know they can talk to us. They can ask us questions. People are very curious about it and they just don't feel like it's okay to talk about. So it has opened it up. It has changed the dynamic of talking about death. Well, does a client or, or somebody who wants to contact you need to have a terminal illness to initiate conversations or find get information about the services that you provide? So no, they don't. Many people call because they want they want to do their directives. They want a plan of care for when they do get a diagnosis or when they are closer to the end of their life, or they may be, um, you know, knowing that the end is near, but they can, they can make their plans 10 years in advance, or they can be totally healthy, but that's the thing about death. None of us know when it's going to happen, even when we think we know. So um, to do that, to do that advanced planning and to think about it and talk about it and talk about it, you know, with your family, with your children, with your partners, with, you know, people you care about, these conversations are so important. And, and it's, it's just really good to know what your options are, what your rights are um, um, in terms of, of dealing with some of the um, healthcare issues and with some of the legal issues. And people don't know that they can do so much of it by themselves, but they may need some help from a doula and help for their family from the doula too. Akila, I wanted to ask you about, I know your website talks about more than just older people. I mean, that's what I'm thinking of as, as I age, I think death becomes something I, I am more curious about, but do you ever work with people, families that are dealing with younger people? Well, not, not usually for advanced planning. Um, but usually, for any of your services. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had some situations where, I mean, I feel that someone in their 50s is young. And so, yes, we've had a variety of clients that have educated us so much in the way they're handling the end of life. So, you know, we've had you know, referrals of folks who are on hospice, under hospice care, and in their 50s, and really having to deal with a, a lot of the different aspects of, of what comes next. So we try our best to create a whole scenario that can be comfortable for the dying person and also for the family. But, you know, we also get calls from last minute. Um, you know, I've had a phone call where someone called me and said, you know, I meant to call you earlier to let you know what's happening here, but my dad just died and can you come and help? And, uh, and we do, we do. I call up one of the volunteers on the phone and, you know, we've got many volunteers, fortunately. And even though it was nine o'clock at night, we, you know, drove on out to the Ridge and, um, you know, we assisted a family and that's, that's the things we do. We can we can help them in times of really urgent and imminent need, um, and and we can also 
plan ahead. Linda has something I think she wants to add to that. Well, uh, recently we've, well, within the last year, we have formed a, a partnership with some local midwives, um, uh, companions for pregnancy and infant loss, because we felt that there's a need, we know there's a need in, in this community and in the world for helping um, mothers and, and fathers too, but helping the families deal with whether it's a miscarriage or it's a, an infant death or stillbirth and um, to help people know once again, what their rights are, that they have a right to be with, with their infants or the fetuses, that they have a right to have time with that. And we have recently um, purchased a cuddle cot to allow people to, to be at home with those children who have died. So it's, it's an area that's, that's really tender and really um, not dealt with, often it is not dealt with compassionately in our community and in our country and in our world to recognize this loss and the importance of it. That, Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, and I'm really curious on, on a cuddle cot. Uh, <laughs> What, what, yeah. that, that's an well, interesting term. So yeah. what is that? Well, you know, I would really direct people to go to our website. We've got a lot of information about what has happened recently with, um, in the, in the realm of infant loss, infant death, which again is another area where it's a difficult to have a conversation about those types of deaths. And if you go to the website, which is um, fullcirclelivingdyingcollective.com, there's information about how um, a couple of years ago, I was contacted by a woman who uh, her, her baby, she was 38 weeks gestation and her baby had died and she was going into the hospital to deliver the baby and she wanted to know what, what she can do. I had never had an experience like this, but I just sort of tapped into what I knew about the rights of taking care of your own deceased loved ones. And we moved from there and she was so moved to create a fundraiser and raised funds for um, what is called a caring cradle for the hospital so that the caring cradle can have a, a cooling device for the baby to rest in, in, in order for the family to spend more time with the baby. Mm. Now the cuddle cot is something, after that one particular incident with the woman who contacted me, we became really serious about figuring out how do you make this better for infant death and for families, loved ones, anyone affected by the death of, a, of an infant or um, miscarriage. And so we created our, our um, project group, which is Companions for Pregnancy Loss and Infant Loss. And uh, one of our, like, like Linda said, we teamed up with local midwives here. So we've got end-of-life doulas and midwives working on this project. And our latest project was bringing the cuddle cot, which is a portable cooling device that now if a family is in a situation of a need and wants to bring their baby home and spend more time, we can bring this device to them, loan it to them so they can spend more time at home. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Very beautiful. You are listening to Embracing the Journey on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guests are Akila Murphy, Executive Director of Full Circle of Living and Dying, and board member Linda Moore. 
I know that your organization does a lot of educational events and that you have a big one coming up in July on recomposing, which is a term I'm not familiar with at all. So who wants to start on that? <laughs> well, um, I, I guess I can go ahead on that one, Linda. Um, so what it's actually called is natural organic reduction. Uh, but it, there's one organization in the country now called Recompose that actually provides this type of service. They're the one of the first funeral homes that now provides this service where the body, the human remains, can be transformed into soil through composting. And so, uh, actually, um, we have a fam we have a community member who took advantage of this. Um, lots of people know uh, Amigo Bob Cantasano and how he was an organic farmer, and this was the way that he chose to contribute back to the earth with his human remains. So, we're having an event coming up on July twenty first. And it's about natural organic reduction. We have a representative from the organization in Washington called Recompose. This was the organization that Amigo Bob and his wife, Jennifer Bliss, used for the process. So uh, the, the representative, Anna Swenson, will be joining us and talking to us about the the you know the process the actual mechanics of it and then we also have our guest jennifer bliss who will be speaking about her experience and talking about her late husband amigo bob so we're feeling really excited about sharing this with our community It's something that's so brand new but i think a lot of people in our community are interested in um, natural uh, organic reduction composting natural ways of uh, sending the human remains back to the earth. So you can go to the website again, fullcirclelivingdyingcollective.com, and there's a way for you to register. Just right on the homepage there, there's a, a way for you to register for this event. It's a virtual event over Zoom, and that's coming up July 21st. So just go there for more information. We'd love to have you come. Thanks, Akila. And Linda, did you want to add something to that or about any of the events that, that you do? Well, um, I'm excited about learning more about this because um, there, we've talked before about green burial, but this is taking it even like one step further along on, on um, helping our planet and helping our loved ones and, and just being connected to the earth literally and figuratively. So it, I think it's exciting times. I think it's times are changing with how we look at living and dying and death and love. And it takes it all through the full circle. So I'm, I'm honored to do this work. And like most of us involved with this organization, we're kind of driven to do this work. We're, it, it's, um, it's exciting and it's important. And I'm just very grateful for it. Who are some of the organizations that you partner with? I know you've mentioned hospice and midwives. Are there other organizations that you partner with in this community or beyond the community? Yeah. We, well, when we, do you want to go ahead, Linda? Well, uh, just that we've been uh, working with Compassion and Choices 
which um, that helps people um, with medical aid in dying and educating them and um, offering um, support and information and services for them. So um, that's something new that we've been doing and working with. Right. We also partner with um, Hospice of the Foothills. Um, they've been a great partner to us, uh, allow us to have events there in the Kirby room. And, um, and, and we do just so many of us that are on the full circle living and dying team, our hospice volunteers, there's just that natural sort of sharing of information and ideas and experience. And so they're one of our dear partners. We also have good relationships with the local mortuaries in the area. We have a great relationship with the cemetery district, Matt Malugin. And in fact, we've been doing field trips out to some of the natural green burial cemeteries. We went to Red Dog in May and we're heading up to Cherokee this month um, before this airs. Um, and um, uh, we've also um, made some con communications connections with the vital records department, which is important for filing death certificates, and um, and and the sheriff, <laughs> and the and the Shannon, sheriff Shannon Moon, and in terms of functioning as the coroner, and we had um, a Zoom meeting with the um, two of of the deputy coroners, and it it was very interesting, you know, both in. Um, they were interested in knowing how they can help people. And we were interested in knowing how we can work with them and, and do it in respectful ways and legal ways and, um, and just help educate people as to their rights. Yeah, they, well, they, were, they were supportive ahead, of us. I, I really appreciated that they were really supportive of our group, our organization. So just thank you to you know Sheriff uh, Shannon Moon for bringing that together for us. It, it's such a topic that, again, you're trying to normalize this conversation about death, but until it enters our life in a very personal way, a lot of times we don't think about it. And it seems like by going to your website that you are connected or can help connect people to whatever service or information that they need, because it does seem like you're very connected to a variety of different organizations that people will have the opportunity to connect with or could find information. Is that correct? We do. There's lots of resources on the website. So please take a look. That's what we pride ourselves in is um, being an educational organization, providing options, providing resources. Um, that's, that's the bulk of the work that we do. Um, but we also do help people with services. We help people if they're interested in a home funeral, which is a lot of people don't even know what a home funeral is, but you do have the right to have your family member at home and do an in-home wake um, of your own creation. You can wash the body, have ceremony, um, and you can transport to the, the local cemetery. So uh, lots of information about that on there. And what else, Linda? Well, we have just about a minute. So I wanna ask you both in about, 30 seconds or less for each of you, final words that you want the listeners to, to think about or walk away with. And uh, Linda's final thought or words for you, and then we'll let Akila wrap it up. Okay. So um, I, I wanna just em empower people to know that they, 
what they want makes a difference, how they live their life makes a difference, and that they have the right to live their life and to live their death in the way that they want. So, Thank you, Linda. And Akila. about 30 seconds for you. Um, some parting thoughts. I, I, I just want people to, to know that, um, you know, it's perfectly okay to have conversations about death. And as a matter of fact, we do have a monthly um, Zoom call. It's called Death Conversations, the third Thursday of, of the month um, at one o'clock. Sushila Mertens is our end of life doula who hosts these conversations. And we just have some really rich stories. People just come and, and just talk. Sometimes there's a topic and sometimes there's just some sharing. It's not a support group. So it's not a bereavement support group. It's, it's there to just have that conversation. So keep doing And keep again, talking. your website is? FullCircleLivingDyingCollective.com. We have that because we started off as a collective, but we are now a nonprofit. So the name of the organization is Full Circle of Living and Dying. Thank you so much. And I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. I've been talking with Akila Murphy, Executive Director of Full Circle of Living and Dying and Board Member Linda Moore. You can listen to Embracing the Journey the fourth Tuesday of each month at 6.30 p.m. We want to thank our engineers, Ralph Henson and Jeff Wright, and for Jeff for his theme music. Thank you, Akila and Linda. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Thank you.